Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. God has something special on the menu to touch your life in a very special way for all of you that are worshiping with us online. I'm telling you, haven't you enjoyed the worship team and what they've done? Give them a hand for their hard work. I live in Atlanta now, and I, I, I really, it was almost worth the drive just to hear Pastor Sawyer pray over us. I went to a pastor school, Jack Hayford, Amadi Apostle. He told all the pastors, he said, the most important part of the service is the pastoral prayer. Because that's when the pastor prophesies over the culture. That's when the pastor declares the word of the Lord over the issues of the day. And I am so full after Pastor Sawyer's prayer. I mean, I'm, I'm just ready to go get him. How about you? I'm just, I, I am just ready. My daddy was very brilliant. Uh, I was a 15-year-old cocky little junior high quarterback that thought I was something. And I was either going to go toward the world or toward God. And my dad had a strategy. My dad's strategy was, my son's heard me preach a thousand times, I need to find a young man and throw him in front of the face of my son and dare my son to build a life better than a young man full of the Lord. And my dad went to Southwestern Bible College and found a 21-year-old George Sawyer. And George Sawyer was my summer youth pastor. I heard him preach his first sermon. And I can honestly say throughout my life, I've been confused. Because I've never known, and I say this all the time, if I wanted to be like Jesus so I could be like George, or I wanted to be like George so I could be like Jesus. I don't know which one is right, but I want to tell you, as you travel through the uncertainties of where we are, I'm telling you, you've got a great seasoned leader, and you are headed to great things in the Lord. Amen. I love you, George and Phyllis. So glad to be here. I want you to pray for me on October the 17th. My daughters and a couple of young men that's been coming to my house quite often, are ha- we're having a double wedding. Did you hear double? On the same day, they're getting married, and I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know if I'm saving money this way, or these girls have got a strategy on how to spend twice as much in one day. I don't know, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're just so excited, and so pray for us. You know, I, the one thing about the Bible I've never understood, I've believed every miracle, but I've never understood how Jacob could marry the wrong woman. And I, but I'm starting to understand. You know, you start thinking about all the tears and the veils. Maybe there was a pandemic during the marriage and there was mask on during the ceremony. I don't know. But y'all pray for me I, I, that I don't get the wrong groom with the wrong bride and we just have a big mess up. But uh, we're just believing and thanking God for our great thing Listen, Pastor Sawyer told me that he's been teaching on the book of Acts on being his witness. 
And I told Pastor Sawyer, I want to share something if you don't mind. He said, yes, I want you to preach it. That I believe will go right in line with that. And this isn't a sermon that I like to preach. This is how I attack the day. I want to teach you how to attack your day. And if you will get into this, and this is very biblical, it's very simple. You can remember it forever. And I believe it has an opportunity to be supernatural. So this is how I start my day, and I bet you do too. As I'm stumbling for my coffee, I'm going to the coffee machine, and as soon as I get up, the first thing my family hears, if they're up, is I declare the Lord's Prayer. You know the Lord's Prayer. That's 21 seconds of perfect navigation to launch you into whatever you're going to face. Please say the Lord's Prayer the first moments you wake up. And then after that, I say something else. I pray the prayer of Jabez. Do you know that? Oh, that you would bless me indeed, help me out. And I'm pouring my coffee. That your hand would be upon me, say to you know. That you would enlarge my territory, enlarge your territory. And keep all harm from me and my family. And the Lord answered his request. So I'm, 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 my coffee is ready to go. And then there's one more thing that I pray that I want to challenge you to pray. Because it really sets you up for a grand adventure. I want you to dare to ask God to do this. And Lord, one more thing. Today, I'm asking you to make me your miracle delivery agent. Lord, I know in heaven and across our community, there's people praying for miracles. And you're looking for willing hearts that will line up with you to be an agent to deliver the packages that these people are praying for. And Lord, if you're looking for a volunteer, here I am. In fact, I want to be at the front of the line. Now, you don't have to be super fantastic spiritual to be one of these Miracle delivery agents. What you have to have is what I call aggressive availability. I'll say that. Aggressive availability. It, it's, it's almost like if, if you're going to live in this realm, it's like the first grader. When the teacher answers, asks a question, you remember the first grade? Act like you're that first grade. And you get all those kids, here I am, here. I got the, raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand. I got, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. In the morning, God is looking for people just like you with aggressive availability that'll say, Lord, I know you're going to deliver some miracles, some signs and wonders. You're going to touch some lives today. And if you're looking for someone that's willing, here I am. I'm ready. I want to be right there. And if you will do that, the mind of the Spirit is searching the community to put a word, to put a miracle, to put a prompting, to put something in somebody's life that they prayed. And when he begins to think, who can I use, where I can go, you're there over your coffee and cream saying, I want in, Lord. Make me a miracle delivery agent. I'm gonna, I hope you remember this for the rest of your life. I want you to turn in. This is not a biblical thing, but this is a mental 
technology so you'll remember this sermon the rest of your life. I want you to learn how to be a, a, a miracle delivery agent today. And there's just some simple little words that remind you how to flow in it. Now listen to what I'm going to talk We're going to talk about Acts 8. First two or three verses of Acts 8, persecution. Stephen's just been martyred, and the church is getting pushed out of Jerusalem. It was a good thing, not a bad thing, because Rome's going to be burned down in AD 70. I mean, Jerusalem is by the Romans. And if there hadn't been that challenge and that persecution, most of the Christians would have been burned in Jerusalem in AD 70. So sometimes these trials we're going through, God's getting us ready for advancement in a way that we can't understand. Then add verse 4 down to verse 26. It's like everybody's going to Calvary Assembly. There's revival. People are being saved. Philip the deacon's being used of God. Demons are being cast out. People are being filled with the Holy Spirit. The apostles are coming down and saying, yes, this is of God. But in verse 26, this is where we're going It's like now you're out of Calvary Church, and you're on your Monday through Saturday, your daily life. And Philip finds himself moving in the revival, but now taking it as being the Lord's witness. A state of existence, a condition of who he is. He's been in revival, now he's going to deliver revival one-on-one. So I want you to to learn this sermon by simply saying, this doesn't make a bit of sense, but I just created this. I want you to say this. New cars bump people always. I want you to say that two more times. Just say it to yourself. New cars bump people always. I know that's not spiritual, but it's going to help you remember in Acts chapter 8 what happens when God chooses to use Philip or you to develop a a miracle. Here it is. New cars bump people always. When God speaks, he simply uses a nudge. New. Cars. A clue. Look at this over your head. A new cars bump. Bump. People. A prompt. And A, always, a grand adventure. If you'll get these few little words in you, you can almost flow through the book of Acts and see how God is working. Here we go. Acts chapter 8. When you are being uh, used as a miracle delivery agent, the first thing the Lord will do is He will give you a nudge. A nudge. How many of you are willing to be nudged by the Holy Spirit? Now, this is what this is. A nudge is when God speaks to the miracle delivery agent about a particular place or person and action. Remember, the nudge is this. God speaks to you, the miracle delivery agent, about a place, about a person, or about an action to do. We find this in Acts chapter 8 verse 26 as you see that this is a very strong nudge. Notice the angel of the Lord told Philip. How many of you would agree with me that if Gabriel spoke to you that you would say that is a nudge of the heavenlies right there. 
So this all thing started. He's doing his life, and this nudge comes, and it says, I want you to go to Gaza. I want you to go to this desert, desolate place, Gaza. And Gaza's always been a rough place to go. It's the Gaza Strip today. It's where the Philistines used to hang out. And now God is moving Philip out of the revival in the sanctuary to this place that he really didn't want to go. But he's, he's having the nudge from God to him, and a miracle's about to take place. So that's the first stage of it, being willing to be nudged by the Lord. This week, uh, Thursday, I got up and I said, Lord, I want to have a, I want to be your miracle uh, delivery agent. And God spoke to me by an angel. Her name is Gala. I happen to be married to her. And my angel, Gala, did not say, um, I want you to go to Gaza. It was a, a place worse than that. She said, Danny, and I know you men never have your wives ask you to do this. She said, Danny, I'm covered up with paying your mother's bills in the nursing home and getting all her prescriptions. Would you please take back all these returns? Going to the Gaza Strip or the Strip Mall, it's all the same thing. It's just misery. Can I have an amen in that? Now, you men don't have your wives tell you what to do, but when my wife nudged me and she's willing to do something that's ten times harder than what I want to do, and she's going to do that all day, I'm willing to allow her to speak to me and nudge me a little bit. So I get up and, and I, I, you know, get all this stuff and I head out to do these returns. You know, I, one of my son-in-laws in the midst of all this trauma in Atlanta, I said, I said, um, Kason, I want you to help me. I am not going to sit back and just watch our city be in so much trauma without trying to be a part of the solution. And I want you to help me. And don't, don't misunderstand me, but this is what I, what I said. I, I want to start packing. I want to pack my car with a box of books. I want to pack myself with a conceal and carry. Now, before you like think I'm out of my mind, let me tell you what I'm talking about. I want to go out to my community with so much tension, and I want to be packed with a box of books that when God nudges me to minister to some young man that's in a challenge and confused, I want to be available to be a miracle delivery agent to touch that man. So my future son-in-law bought me 10 books. I packed it in my trunk, and I I went on my good. And I said, there's 10 young men in this city that I'm going to deliver this book to. Well, I go doing all these returns, and and I get home, and and lo and behold, I messed up. Come on, women, say amen to that. (laughs) Totally messed up. Uh, You know, a little end table that was supposed to go to Home Goods. I took it back to Hobby Lobby, and... And Hobby Lobby gave me money for, that should have been over there at Home Goods. I mean, I figured out if you ever get in an economic, you know, downturn in your family life, take your old furniture to Hobby Lobby. They'll just give you cash for it. 
And I get back, and I've, I've been miserable doing that. I've been in Gaza, and my wife says, you've got to go fit straight. In this. So I've got to go back to Hobby Lobby. So I'm going back, and I'm apologizing. It's not a place I want to be in. But that morning, I said, God, I want to be your miracle delivery agent. And whatever place, at whatever time, for whatever person, I don't know, you orchestrate it supernaturally because, Lord, I am your agent available for you. And I'm aggressively available for whatever you want to do for me. So I'm explaining and that I gave you all the you know, home, you know, home goods, and, and so they're giving my money back. And there's a young man there that worked at Walmart that was at the Hobby Lobby right behind me. And and as he was there behind me, he says, let me help you. And he works at Walmart, but he's trying to help me at Hobby Lobby. And as he's walking out with me, helping me carry this little piece of furniture back to home goods, the Holy Spirit lets me know, here's the person. You're at the place, and there's some action that you need to do right now to deliver a miracle. And as he's going to the car with me, I said, hey, I've got a gift from you, one of those books my future son-in-law bought for me. And I went out, and I picked up this book. Think about all the tension. This wonderful young man of color, all of this confusion going on, and he's trying to carve out a life at Walmart. And and I said, listen, I want to tell you something. So we all have different families. And you know, some families are really good at athletics. And other families are really good at art. And some families are really academic. And some families are really, you know, uh, they're good at music. And some families are really spiritual. And there's some families that really understand money. And I've got a book that I want to give to you. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And if you will read this book and live this book, you will get on a path to enrich your family for generations to come. And I handed him that book. You may not think this is a very big miracle. But that young man took that book. He said, sir, thank you. Thank you so much. You don't understand what this means to me. I got up this morning. This was Thursday. And I prayed to God. I know there's a God in heaven. And I said these words. God, I know you're there. But I'm having such a struggle. Would you just do something for me to let me know that you still care about me? And you still know that I exist and that you have a plan for me. And he handed me that little book, The Richest Man in Babylon. He says, I believe you handed me this book as a direct answer to my request to God. Please let me know you're in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I'm all packed up for the trouble that's taking place in our nation. But I'm not loaded down with firearms. I'm loaded down with love and healing and mercy and prosperity and blessing and encouragement. I'm packing on a, you know, a 
sealed carrier. Now, I got $20 in my wallet right now. I've dedicated this 20 bucks to the kingdom of God. And the Lord knows that if I'm any place any, and anywhere and he wants me to deliver this 20 bucks to him, I'm pulling out the, the conceal and carry and I'm giving it to him as a sign that God is on the throne and he cares about So you get this nudge, and after the nudge, the second thing is new cars. New cars, my credit cards are dropping everywhere. The the second thing is a clue. Now, the nudge is from God to you. This is the person. I don't even like being at the strip mall. But this is the place. But the second dimension of delivering a miracle. Oh, I hope you do this. This is so exciting. Is the clue. Look at this verse. So we look at the clue, and what do we see? Verse 28. We see that Philip sees a man in the middle of the desert, the treasury of Ethiopia, with a splendid entourage of security and secret service, And Philip is this miracle delivery agent, and he knows God didn't bring me to this place. He didn't nudge me to this place for no reason. He brought me here to touch someone, and the clue is evident. It's this treasure from Ethiopia. And all of you from African-American descent, this is a wonderful passage because this is the beginning of getting the gospel to the continent of Africa. Thank God. Some of you wonderful people that was, uh, have ancestors from Africa, you're going to meet your great, 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 great grandmothers and granddaddies in heaven someday, and they were all one to the Lord as a result of a miracle delivery agent in the Gaza desert. Praise God. So it's a clue. It was how much of a clue. Look at this verse. And the the man had gone to Jerusalem and he was sitting in a chariot reading the scripture. Now the clue, remember the nudge, is from God to you, the miracle delivery agent. But the clue doesn't come from God. The clue is from the person needing the miracle to you. The clue comes from them to you. Because you've prayed, Lord, I want to deliver miracles. And you know what the Lord is doing? He is super sensitizing you to the activity of God because of that prayer. Because you want to be His witness, empowered by the Spirit. So when you get into your everyday life, the Holy Spirit is just going to let this clue come to you that it's going to open the door to ministry. My family and I was in vacation in, in uh, Florida. We were enjoying just a relaxing breakfast. And a, a dad and two little kids came to sit down beside us. And it was one of those mornings where you could tell mama was sleeping in. And she said, go take care of the kids. And I had prayed that day, Lord, I want to be a miracle delivery agent. I want, do you really want to live a life and not deliver miracles when God asks and so I prayed that prayer, and I was on vacation. I could have been off. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, and this beautiful couple, two little bitty kids, just gorgeous, and they were at the table outside. And I looked at them, and I just said, um, Sir, uh, are you guys from Lafayette, Louisiana? 
And the man looked at me stunned and said, uh, well, yes, we are. I said, oh, I love Lafayette. And one of my best friends, Jeff Abel's pastors, a great church there, Crossroads Church there on I-10. And I want to tell you, I've been there before, and they have the greatest, greatest children's ministry that I've seen. It's just fantastic. And that gentleman said, you know, they had a big children's festival there one time, and I took our kids, and it was a grand time. And I said, well, listen, if you ever need to go to a place to help nurture your children's faith, that is a great place. He says, well, thank you. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you very much. So we went to our breakfast, and they went to theirs. And at the end, when this man got up to leave, he walked over to where I was. He said, sir, do, do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, no, no, not at all. He said, it's been really bugging me over here. It's really been bugging me. You looked across the table, and out of nowhere, you asked if I was from Lafayette, Louisiana. Now, how in the world did you know, out of nothing, that I and my family are from Lafayette, Louisiana? I just smiled. I had prayed, Lord, make me a miracle delivery agent. I said, oh, it's no big deal. I was just looking at your beautiful little son, and I saw in his little red shirt, little bitty word that said raging Cajun and I'm just a football connoisseur and fan and I just know my mascots and when I saw your little boy with that raging Cajun little tiny words there, I just thought well maybe that family's from Lafayette Louisiana because that's the name of the college football team there and that man goes oh that makes me feel so much better as if he was afraid that God had revealed it to me or something. And then he said, thank you for telling me about that church. I think I'll, I'll, I'll go check it out again. Well, did God tell me or not? All I know is that morning, I was like a little first grader saying, Hey, Father, if you want to deliver a blessing to some family, here I am. I'm ready. And the Lord allowed a little bitty thing on a t-shirt to be big to me to touch his family. God is calling you to take the glory and the power in this room and take it to your every day. And when you say, Here I am, Lord, get me on the front of the line, he will find a way to give you clues to touch people's lives. The nudge, the clue, new cars bump. Now the bump is really important. The bump is not from God to you, the miracle delivery agent, like the nudge. The bump is not from the people needing the miracle to you, like the clue. But the bump is from you to the person in need. The bump is, is when you make a move. You do something. Look what Philip did in the next verse. The Bible said that he saw this man in the chariot and the Spirit spoke to him. And what did Philip do? He ran. Now, I want you to catch the context. 
This is a member of the cabinet of Ethiopia, one of the richest nations on the planet. The treasury is there, and Philip comes running up. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's security there, and he comes running up to the chariot, and he makes a move to deliver the miracle. Now, that is important. What would happen if you ordered something, something from Amazon... And you waited the next day, and the truck comes up to your front door, to your address, and the driver says, I've got the package here, I've got what you ordered, but uh, he just drives on. And he doesn't get out and deliver it to your front porch. There are miracles to be delivered, but we have to get to that place beyond fear, like Philip that said, you know, the the security's there, the protection's there, but God has me on assignment. The clue is clear. I've been nudged. I'm at the right place at the right time. I've got the gospel in me. I am going to deliver this miracle to this gentleman in need. That's the bump. Then the next thing, new cars bump people. What's people? It's the prompting. It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That comes from God, and listen to what I'm about to say. From the reservoir of your spiritual journey. I want to say this again. How many of you have been in this thing for a long time? The prompting comes from the reservoir of your spiritual journey in an informational way to bring blessing to someone who needs a miracle. So this is what happens. The gentleman's up here. Philip has waded through securities and leopards and tigers and whatever was around the chariot. And he's there. And he's brought and he sees this man reading the book of Isaiah. And Philip gets up there and says, Do you understand what you're reading? It's so, it's such a visible clue. This man is hungry for God. Africa needs the gospel. And Philip runs to the chariot and says, how am I supposed to understand what all this land talk is about? I don't understand. Is he talking about himself? And out of his reservoir of spiritual journey, Philip begins to unfold the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit comes with prompting. And I can absolutely tell you what the Holy Spirit is going to tell you to tell the people that need the miracle. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you to tell them what God has already said in His Word. I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you to tell them what God has already told you in His Word. And when you have these years of sitting under Brother Sawyer, and you're listening to the Word of God, and you don't get bored, but you say, feed me, feed me, feed me, and you're living in this realm of supernatural delivery, and you're at that point of delivering a miracle, In that moment, the Holy Spirit will draw from those deep wells of those times you've drunk in the Word of God. Hallelujah. And as you do this, He will receive His miracle. You got it? I want to tell you one of the biggest challenges we have in the ministry right now. The biggest challenge is 
as preachers, do we entertain you or do we teach you the word and get you ready for what's coming? And if we are so, if, if we're willing to say it's about entertainment value, instead of saying, I've got 35 minutes every Sunday morning and I'm going to give you Bible. It may not be the most entertaining thing, but I'm going to build a structure. I'm going to build a real worldview. I'm going to build a foundation of you. Hell and high water and virus, anything can come and you're going to stay strong because you've been built on the Word of God. That is what we want you getting in the car because it's out of that Word and resource that you will have miracles flow out of you. And that leads you to the final thing. You've been nudged. You, you, you were open to the clue. You, you made a move. You were bumped. You were prompted to share what's been invested in you. And that leaves you to the most exciting way of living on the whole earth. A grand adventure. Every day is a new day in the book of Acts for us. You know what happened after Philip delivered this miracle? You know what happened? Tell me what happened. He got blown away. How many of you want to just get blown away by the power of God and what all God, he just got blown away and he found ministry flowing and opportunity. I want to tell you, you get to that place where you get up every morning and say, I'm just not just going to mumble through my Christian life. I want to be a, a miracle delivery agent. The Lord will pick you up out of your availability and he will give you an adventure of a life that is beyond anything you could have ever created for yourself. Sometimes it will happen the way you want it to. and, and it's, it's just a place where the Lord do it. I, I'm available. It doesn't always work out like you want. It's a great way to live. I, uh, I was with my family in a hotel, and I'd been living in this. I, I'd found this material in Dr. Bruce Workerson's book, called You Were Born for This. If this is intriguing to you, get that book and read it thoroughly. Because when I read it, I said, that's how I live and want to live. And I pray in this prayer, and sometimes God uses me. Sometimes I just miss it. We were in this hotel, and my heart was, this is a few years ago, my girls was with me, and we were here for two days, and my heart just went out to a cleaning lady, a little Asian cleaning lady, Because when she cleaned, I had never seen anyone labor so much under so much pain. Because every step she took, it was like climbing up a mountain. And then she'd, I mean, her joints were messed up, her ankles, her hips. And it, I like, my heart went out to someone cleaning in that. And so, first day went by and I watched her and I go, Oh, boy, she's got clues all over her. Lord, am I supposed to pray for her? You ever have moments like that? Day two came, and I watched her in my hallway, and I was trying to, ah, don't embarrass yourself. Finally, we were getting our bags and put it in the car, and she, she came out in her pain. 
And she was just struggling. And I just said, I can't live myself if I don't try to make myself available to God. I said, ma'am, excuse me. I'm about to leave with my family. But I've just been noticing for the last two days that there's really pain in your ankles. And, and I, I, I'm a man of God and I pray. And sometimes I pray for people. And they're healed. Not all the time. But I, I've seen the joints and all the pain in your hips. And you're working so hard to make a living. And would you mind if I just pray and I believe that God can touch your ankles? And this little Asian lady said, Oh, me, 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 me no have bad ankles. No. Yes, you do. <laughs> me no have bad knees. My knees good. My ankles good. My feet good. I said, man, I can, I can pray for you. And I believe God. So me, me fine. Me no need prayer. Me, me healthy. Me good. I said, well, ma'am, I've seen you walk. And it's such a struggle to walk. It was just a clue to me. She said, oh, no, me, me okay. Me no need help. No, no walk. I says, are you sure? She says, yes. She says, I bought these new tennis shoes. These tennis shoes are called shape-ups. So when you walk, you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down, and it helps get you in shape all day long. You know, some little fad they were in. So I don't need prayer. I'm totally fine. I just have these shape-ups. I says, okay. I look over at my daughters and my wife, and they are bent over laughing at me crying because here I am with this lady with the get-in-shape tennis shoes walking around, and I'm totally missing God over here trying to lay hands on her and receive a healing for her knees when she doesn't need. Ladies and gentlemen, when you sign up in the morning to be a miracle delivery agent, you may miss it sometimes, but I don't know about you, but I'd rather miss and make a fool of myself every once in a while than miss a young man in Atlanta, Georgia, that has a book in his hands who's saying, God has answered my prayer today. There is an opportunity for you right now to move into Acts chapter 8 and be his witness. And it goes to this simplicity. Here I am. Sign me up. I am aggressively available to be your miracle delivery agent. As the praise team comes, I want you to get ready just to welcome the power and the presence of God on that place where you are right now. You that are worshiping home, I want to ask you to do something. Last week, as the praise team came, comes, I drove down to have lunch with John Kilpatrick pastor of the Brownsville Revival a few years ago. And I sat down after four hours of driving just to have something imparted to me from that great man of God. And I'm about to share with you what he said. And I want you to do it right where you are. He said our revival was not a revival of the anointing. It was a revival of the glory. And I said, would you please tell me the difference between the anointing and the glory? He said, the anointing is supernatural empowerment 
to help you do a job that you've been called to do. Preach, teach, labor at your career. That's the anointing that supernaturally comes upon you and involves work and labor. But the glory is totally a place of rest where you get out of the way, you do nothing, and you just let God be God. Would you stand with me right where you are? Right where you're worshiping at home. And I want you to prepare to be a miracle delivery agent right now. Do you want your family to be a family that delivers miracles? Then this is what I want you to do on your role where your family is. Maybe you're here alone. Maybe you're at home alone. Maybe you've got some family there. I don't want you to work at anything. I don't want, I don't want you to try to stir something up. I just want you in your way as Nicole and the praise team begins to minister. I want you to make room for the glory of the Lord and its weightiness to come down. And just, We're getting ready to deliver miracles. But right now, I just want you right now, Nicole or whoever, just lead us. You can sing or you don't have to sing. But I want to ask you right where you are, if you're, if you're comfortable, right where you are at home in worship, turn your hands to heaven. Turn your hands to heaven. And I just want you just to make room. Make room. Just make room for the glory of God. You don't even have to sing for a moment. Just let the glory of the Lord rest upon you. Oh, yes, the weightiness of the glory of the Lord. God's doing something in our midst. You shall be my witness. You're going to be in a state of existence, a state of being, a state of moving into everyday life, but you're going to be supernatural. You're going to be ready because you're a miracle agent on a sign. You're a healer, not a divider. You're packing peace. You're packing healing. You're packing deliverance. You're packing prosperity. You're packing your favor, and you're going to share it to a culture that's crying out for help because the glory of the Lord is upon you. The glory of the Lord is familiar upon you. Let the glory of the Lord come down and rest right in your home where you're worshiping. The glory of the Lord is the most futuristic dynamic in all the world. You know where you're headed? To the glory of God. It's not passe. It's not yesterday. It's tomorrow. And tomorrow after that. And the tomorrows and the aeons after You are headed to the glory. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.